You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I mean, you know, guys would have an open shot, pass it up, drive it into traffic. Three guys would come, people open, try to get a shot up, get frustrated, think you got fouled, whatever. I mean, we were just playing that kind of game, and everybody was really, really frustrated. And so we took a timeout at that, you know, right at that point where you're talking and just... Everybody just take a breath. We're playing hard enough defensively. Now we just got to play offensively. Just play. You know, take your shots, move the ball, get what, you know, you got an open shot, take it. Forget about the referees. Get out of the frustration and just and just play. And that's why it's hard sometimes, you know. I mean, we go Cleveland, Utah, Toronto, struggling in three games. I mean, it's not that easy. Like our guys are, you can see the effort and the sense of urgency, but the flip side of that because they want it so badly is you you start squeezing the game a little bit and and it's tough to play offense like that and so hopefully this will help us get back on track because you just gotta you gotta be in great effort and intensity you gotta play at the defensive end but then you just gotta play your offense dan feldman here welcome to locked on pistons you can follow locked on pistons on audio boom or subscribe on itunes you can follow me on twitter at dan feldman nba oh boy that is a lot of narrative for a win over a very bad and very tanking Suns team. Pistons beat the Suns 112-95 yesterday. Phoenix without Brandon Knight, without Tyson Chandler, without Eric Bledsoe, without Leandro Barbosa, without Ronnie Price. I mean, you can go all the way down this list of players the Suns did not have. They're playing young players. They're playing players who are not ready to go. No Devin Booker. No Devin Booker, who's part of their next generation, but also looking pretty good early in his career. And the Pistons have to overcome all of this in their head, all these mind games. They have to overcome all of that to beat the Suns. It's like I've been saying all year. This is a fragile Pistons team. It's a fairly good Pistons team relative to that. There are a lot of fragile teams that fall completely apart. The Pistons have not fallen apart. They're tough enough for that. But they're not so much tougher otherwise. They let these things get in their head. Yeah, they had a tough stretch. They had just lost three straight games but against three really good teams. They lost to the Cavs, the Jazz, and the Raptors. Okay, you don't feel great about losing. That's great. I would hope that the Pistons don't feel great about losing. But you have to be able to move past it. You have a home game against the Suns, who have no interest in winning, and you get down double digits. You get so far in your head... Where, you, like Van Gundy said, you're complaining to referees. You're doing all of these negative things. You're pressing, not letting the game come to you. And that's going to be a big problem going forward if this persists. Because the schedule gets easier for a stretch here. And we're going to talk more about that tomorrow. I'm going to save that for tomorrow. But the schedule gets easier here for a stretch. And you're going to have all of these teams that aren't very good as your opponent. And you're going to have to play up a level. You can't play down to their level. The Pistons spent too much time playing down to the Suns' level. Look at this game was pretty simple to me. The Pistons got it together in the second half, and then from that point, midway through the third quarter, after they got down double digits, the Pistons blew out a team they should blow out. The overall result was about right. Pistons won big. Pistons won by 17. That's about what it should have been. The Suns are lousy. The Suns were playing on the road. The Pistons were at home. This should have been a big win. It was a big win. But man, Pistons spent a lot of time making it hard to get to that point. This is a fragile team. 
And after the game, Van Gundy actually singled out a few players who don't fit that, who are not fragile, who are going to bring the right amount of effort. Uh, this, like the the quote from the beginning of the episode, not anything else in the show, is from Fox Sports Detroit. I think for guys like Aaron and Ish, and I, you know, even KCP, I'll say, you know, I think those guys they they rely on their energy. They're going to bring that every night, and and then they don't really worry about a lot else. I think some of our other guys, you know, get tight get tight at times. They're all trying. I mean, you can see it on our defense and stuff. The last couple of games, I mean, we're we're bringing an effort defensively. I thought even in the Utah game, you know, after the first few minutes, we defended okay. But we've just been struggling offensively. But those guys just go and play. Nothing really bothers Aaron. He just brings a great effort, and then whatever happens, happens. And, um, you know, I thought he did that tonight, and it really helped us. Aaron Baines was very good against the Suns. He was a beast on the boards. He was defending inside. He finished with 13 points, 17 rebounds. Uh, the Pistons were plus eight in his 18 minutes. They got 17 rebounds in 18 minutes is pretty exceptional. Five of those were offensive. Yeah, the team was defending better around him, forcing more misses. I think sometimes that gets lost in rebounding discussions. Those rebounds have to come from somewhere, and it starts with the team forcing a miss. But he was involved in that too. He was very involved in forcing those misses and directing the defense. The defense communicates better when he's on the court. So very good game for him. But I think this is a type of game that exemplifies why Stan Van Gundy likes him so much, why Stan Van Gundy likes Ish Smith so much, why Stan Van Gundy likes KCP so much, because those guys just play. They are far less likely to be complaining to the referees and get themselves out of the game, to be stuck in their own heads and take themselves out of the game. Those are the things coaches look for, maybe even too much. As we've talked about many times, even when Andre Drummond is doing all the the quote-unquote wrong things, when he's not focused, when his energy isn't good enough, when he's out of the game, he's still pretty darn productive. About on par with Aaron Baines in a lot of those moments. And it's not like Andre Drummond is always out of the game, always not focused enough, always doing those wrong things. When he's doing the right things, he's way better than Aaron Baines. But that's hard for a coach to accept. It's hard for a coach to accept that a player is not maximizing his ability. Aaron Baines comes a lot closer to maximizing his ability. Now, in addition to singling out those three as sort of the exception, Van Gundy also singled out one player. To be fair, he was asked about him, but he did single out one player who went the other way, uh, who got no leash and Van Gundy seemed very down on for his performance against the Suns. We're going to talk about who that was, but first I want to talk to you about SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I use it all the time to check for tickets for concerts and games. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is graded based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, 
go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LO Pistons. That's LO as in locked on Pistons. LO Pistons. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LO Pistons today. Well, you know, we were minus 17 in six minutes and 54 seconds with Stanley. He wasn't locked in game plan wise at all on Jarrell Eddy. And so he gives up a three, doesn't make the adjustment and play the way we're supposed to be on the second one, gets the foul on the second one, and was more concerned about the ref's call. In my opinion, more concerned. I'm trying to talk to him. He's trying to talk to the ref. More concerned about the ref's call than doing what he's supposed to do. And then I look at the plus minus at halftime, and I just, yeah, we'll go a different route in the second half. That's Stan Van Gundy really singling out Stanley Johnson, explaining why he benched Johnson in the second half to go with Reggie Bullock, and I don't think that's unfair. Yes, to a certain degree, uh, it's not ideal for Johnson that he's the one getting singled out when this was more of a team-wide problem about pressing and losing focus and complaining to the referees too much and having their heads in the wrong place. But he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. He hasn't played well enough for long enough to earn the benefit of the doubt. He needs to be in with that first group. He needs to be in with Ish Smith and Aaron Baines and KCP as guys who are playing hard, playing focused, and giving energy no matter what. Yeah, maybe his shot's not falling. Yeah, maybe he's going to be too erratic offensively. But he needs to have his effort there. That's the type of player he needs to be at this stage in his career. He has not earned the benefit of the doubt. So I understand why Van Gundy didn't give him any leash. Johnson might not like it, but that's the reality of it. And maybe, maybe even still, after what has mostly been a rough second season for Johnson, which included a trip down to the D-League, being suspended for a game, some weight issues, maybe not only does he not have the benefit of the doubt, maybe he's lost the benefit of the doubt. And maybe that's fair. That's something he's got to overcome. He needs to be in with that first group. Okay, last thing I want to get to today I want to play two clips uh, for you about Reggie Jackson from Stan Van Gundy. I mean, I went away from Reggie early in the second half. He was absolutely exhausted two and a half minutes in. I mean, dead tired, like couldn't catch his breath. So that's why I took him out so soon. Yeah, he looked to me again tired. And so then I, you know, I got him back in at the end. But, you know, he, he, had, he had one great attack at about the seven minute mark to the basket to score, and then we ran two more pick and rolls, and he just came off slowly and, and really didn't try to do anything, and he just looked he just looked tired to me, I, you know. Well, this is officially a capital T thing. That was Stan Van Gundy about Reggie Jackson, first against the Jazz on Wednesday, and then in the Pistons' loss to the Raptors on Friday. Jackson's conditioning has been an issue at times. Is there something he can do about it? I don't know. Maybe this is just his body type, his medical issues. Maybe this is uh, the most in shape he can be. Maybe he can do more to be in shape. I don't know. But it is a problem when your starting point guard gets tired like this in the fourth quarter. It's something that you don't want to have to work around. Maybe that's, maybe that's just what you have to settle for. Maybe this is just something that's going to come with Reggie Jackson, for better or worse. But this is an issue. It's something the Pistons and Reggie Jackson are going to have to look into, have to address. You can't just keep benching your your point guard, your starting point guard in the second half and expecting everything to be okay around that. 
we'll see what the Pistons can figure out about that. I, I don't have much hope for a solution in the final few weeks of the season, but this is a long-term issue and definitely something we'll keep our eye on. We're going to look a little more closely at the schedule ahead tomorrow. Pistons kick off a, a road trip at the Nets. We'll be back every day this week, Monday through Friday. You can follow Locked on Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Thanks for listening.